Hello everyone, Adam here from 3 Count Radio and today I have exactly my friend. <laughs> well, do we need a three? I, I'm not good at three. <laughs> three I can't it's, do the R. It's I three, see, and then it's, I, I, yeah, I can't do the R. I, We're going like to hurt uh, It's like the, it's like that. Oh, <laughs> the made to last. <laughs> yeah, 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 that gets over, doesn't it? No. We're not... <laughs> Listen, Adam, I love you to pieces, but there's a reason why you and I are on this side of the wrestling business. We're not coordinated. <laughs> we could hurt ourselves doing that shit. So let's let's stick to this bit. That's our strength. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason I'm sat here. <laughs> Chris Brooker, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Best intro ever. No, I'm no, no, no. Wait to last. You're not getting any more free publicity, right? That's it. I, no, I, the Go last thing we need is anyone trying to get their own agendas over over the course of this program, right? It's it's unprofessional and it's ridiculous. So I'm not going to stand for it from you or anyone else. Anyway, where were we? Dear me, um, how are you doing? I'm all right. You know, I mean, it's I, I, I mean, I'm in a pretty good mood. It's uh, uh, right now at this precise moment, I am in the midst of a tornado of uh, PR and, and emails and social media for Future Shock. For that is my role. Um, if I never see another hashtag again, I will be happy. But I know they're waiting for me for when we're done. So uh, that's that's life. Um, no, it's, it's life is good. It feels like um, after a few rum years for all of us in many ways, um, and and specifically in the world of wrestling and British wrestling, it feels like we're kind of kind of coming back to where we should be. Uh, you know, I feel like feels like things are going in the right direction. So I'm in a very positive mood. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You're correct. Yeah. Um, if you. Yeah, a few difficult years of the past past couple of years, but yeah, yeah, I think um, I think we're getting back to a semblance of how it used to be. I think I think we're going to end up better off. I think that it's it's this whole theory of equilibrium. You're going a certain direction in the world. Something happens, bam, you're thrown offside. But then you end up in a new place that you might not have otherwise. You know, I think a lot of us are are getting to do things that whilst we didn't get to do some of the things we wanted to. I think we find ourselves not only doing things we wouldn't have imagined, um, but also appreciating them more. And I think if we can survive, I mean, over the last few years, we had obviously the pandemic. We had um, all the kind of, sort of stuff, political stuff. If we can survive those two things and Tyson Fury singing American Pie um, in, in front of a baffled stadium, yeah, I... there's nothing we can't cope with. That's, yeah, now that you've brought it, let's, have, let's talk about that for a quick second. What the hell was that? I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone knows. I mean, clear, above all, I mean, there's going to be someone someone in an office somewhere in Stanford really annoyed that they're getting an invoice from Don McLean going, hey, you royalties, please, because that's how, even if you, even if you just, that's why they don't sing happy birthday in, in films. Um, but yeah, I, I, maybe they were hoping. I mean, they were in Wales. If they'd have gone with Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, maybe we'd have had a, a beautiful moment. And 
and always look on the bright side of life was right there. It was. Right there. Imagine yeah, it that. It shows Oasis as well. <laughs> See, that's two invoices. It's very, very known for being that Welsh band, Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but then, I mean, this is this is the thing about wrestling as as perceived Britain as perceived by wrestling in America. Like, I mean, this is the same WWE on commentary said, uh, and and uh, Adrian Neville, he's from Newcastle. That's just two hours from here in London. It's like. What do you have a jet plane? What's going on? Yeah, I will not stand for Michael Cole not understanding the challenges facing you on the M1 at Rush Hour. <laughs> yeah, two hours from Newcastle to London is, I would be impressed. You, do you know where you end up if you drive two miles out, two hours out of London? London, London, you are still in London. <laughs> That is that that is England. That's down. That's down south anyway. Yeah, yeah, south London. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Up north, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 neutral. I think because I grew up in the West Country. I'm from Somerset, so I don't I don't really fit into either camp. I'm kind of the nation's special cousin. So <laughs> very true. That is very true. Yeah, fair enough. Where leave you be? You're special, so. Thank you, thank you. I, I will take that. I'll take that in the spirit intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of future shock, of course. Um, how was it? You actually got into because am I am I correct in saying at one point you were owner at one point of future shock? Yes, uh, it feels like a million years ago. For, from from mm. twenty sixteen through until twenty nineteen. Uh, late 2019, I was the owner and promoter and, and what have you of Future Shot Wrestling. Um, I, I often say to people that they say, why did you do that? And I said, at one point, I thought to myself, do you know what? I have too many friends and too much money. What can I do that will solve both those problems immediately at the same time? And it turns out that running a wrestling company will will <laughs> will solve that immediately. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I um, what happened was uh, 2016, sort of. Uh, but we'll go, we'll wind it back a little further than that. So we all initially I trained for a bit of Future Shock at school, um, and then um, because I am a comedian by night and therefore layabout by day, I, I have a lot of time free during the day because I gig mostly weekends and evenings. So I, I would often help out when it came to the promotional side of Future Shock, which really is a fancy way of saying blue tacking things to other things around Stockport. Um, so I got, to, I spent a lot of time driving around with Dave Rain, who ran the company at the time. We became friends. Um, and we just sort of, and it was interesting because I got to chat a lot about when you're spending a lot of time with someone, you you chat about things. And I, and I, I, I quite enjoyed picking his brain about the business and asking and throwing in little suggestions like, have you thought about doing this match? Because, you know, he's in a car. It's my car. He can't run. Um, <laughs> and I learned and I learned a lot. And it was all, and it, I, I credit that as one of the things that kind of got me my brain for the business as I have now. Um, but one thing led to another. And when Matt Richards, who uh, Matt Richardson, who was a um, uh, commentator, yeah. decided to to do something else for a bit there was a gap at the commentary table and and most opportunities in wrestling either in the ring or outside are nothing to do with really how good you are or how not good you are it's about just being in the right place at the right time um and had there had he not i would never have taken that gig at commentary 
but then it got me more involved again. And then when the time came for Dave to go, well, I don't want to run this anymore. Um, I want to do something else. And he wanted to go off and, and, and study, I believe, and get his, and, and go into other sort of business. Um, he said, do you want to buy the company? And I thought about it for a bit. Um, it happened very quickly, pretty much over the course of a weekend. And next thing you know, I was in charge. And then that and next thing you know, it was 2019, you know, and uh, I had, uh, I was in, I had, uh, safe to say I had two very good years in charge of that company. I mean, I was in charge of it three and a half, but two, two yeah. very good on aggregate spread out. Now it was a, it's, it was, it was quite an amazing time. Um, full of stress, full of pressure, but also full of some amazing moments along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the first ever, um, first ever indie show I went to was Future Shock, so it's um, it's special to me. Oh yeah, indeed. It's quite. It's it's um, it's a privilege to kind of be some folks' gateway into British indie wrestling as well, because it's just like it's like comedy and it's like music. It's like anything that exists in the mainstream. You know, you can, you know, you can watch Mock the Week or you can see a, a huge band. I'd, I'd name a band that's huge at this point, but I would either date myself or sound completely out of touch. So you can go see a huge, you can go see a huge comedian or a, a, a band, you watch them on TV or you can go and see them at the arena. Um, but it's, it takes it, a lot of, it take, I always appreciate that little effort it takes to take a chance on something that's down the end of the road and to be absolutely blunt you look at and go this could be shit yeah you have no idea and it and it can be quite and if if anyone suffers from sort of anxiety or nervousness or anything else going into a little building that you're not familiar with is scarier than going into a big arena you know um so i I always appreciate that and I, i think everyone remembers their first trip to it um do you remember which show it was i do ah I would hope so. <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot more intimate. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more intimate. And when I say when I say that, I mean fifty three too intimate. And that was that was a small venue, but I loved it. Um, oh, it's be- it beautiful. Do you remember which? Tell me which show it was, and I might have some trivia about it for you. Pete Dunn was there okay. feuding with Sonny Derson. Um, okay. Lana Austin beat April Davids for the women's championship. In the main event, yeah, that was that was quite. Um, that's one of the shows I'm most proud of in my, the time I was in charge of Future Shot Wrestling, and I can tell mm. you, but even those two matches, right? You go back and look at the card; it's it's a solid card, yeah. but it was such a big achievement in terms of the fact that Pete Dunne, for example, had just. He, he it was just before NXT UK it was that little sweet spot where no one really knew what was happening so we could kind of and I have friends that I can kind of email and get permission for stuff and I can I have I have a little more leeway than a lot of folk because they know that I'm I can be trusted I think that's that's a big thing you know um so the whole story of Pete Dunne coming on board so he was he was um NXT uh, WWE United Kingdom champion at that time and he had Every time he was on TV, but it was infrequently, he was tearing the house down. They'd had the absolute blinder with Tyler Bate at Takeover in Chicago that year. It was absolutely red hot, and and there was and this was before there was any kind of I don't know stigma or backlash or sniffiness about NXT UK. It was just pure excitement. Every, 2016, we were on the highest of highs as an industry. Yeah. 
in the UK. It was amazing, right? Um, and I and I don't doubt we'll we'll hit something like that again. But for the moment, I think that was our, our kind of the peak of that of that boom. Um, so I managed to get in touch with Pete, um, and I asked if he was available. The usual questions, um, and he said yes. And the plan was for him to come in and just kind of have a showcase match with Sonna, because at that point we were doing um, the uh, Sonna versus the world story. So Sonna had become adrenaline champion, and I had decided that this was someone else. In fact, it was Zach Gibson who put the idea in my head, which was just every single show we'd bring someone interesting in for Sonna to fight from outside our, our promotion. Which um, uh, you know, so you had Flash Morgan Webster, you had Spud Drake Maverick. I'm friends with him. He was around. I managed to get him. So it was always a different, interesting person just to prove. Uh, and even within the company, he fought Sam Bailey. He fought Danny Hope and Joey Hayes in a triple threat. There were all these different things. So all of it was to make Sonner's reign feel special and important. And he was beat. He beat Drake, James Drake at the anniversary show that year. Everything was building that. And I thought, Do you know what? A good showcase. Let's give Sonner a chance to rub up against Pete Dunne, who is absolutely red hot at the moment. And initially, it was a bit tricky because the rules are, um, I don't think I'm talking out of school to say that if you are the WWE UK champion and you're gigging at independence, the rule from the top is you can't lose. Mm. Because otherwise, every single person with 20 people in a working men's club would have, you know, Joe McPromoter booking himself to go over the WWE UK champion. Right. So, so at this point, I, I sort of... I can't remember what happened. So I, I had it all booked and we were going to come up with some sort of finish that would then set up his Sonner's match with the next challenger and we'd have a no contest or a disqualification or something or anyway. Then I uh, I can't remember where I was, possibly showering. I have a lot of good ideas in the shower. You know, it's something about this motion and, and, and water and hmm, not having to think about things. <laughs> I thought, I wonder if I had an idea. So I got in touch with Pete and I said, are you available for the next show as well? And he said, yes. And I put a scenario to him. And he said, yes. Hence, over the, and this all takes, uh, the whole thing about being a professional wrestling booker is the willingness to craft long-term stories that are very detailed and very intricate that you're willing to throw away because something happens. Yeah. Normally, you throw it away because something goes wrong. But in this case, because something good was happening. And, and I basically said to Pete, would you be willing to become our adrenaline champion? And would you be able to lose it? in a triple threat if you were not the one pinned he said yes all the deals were made and as a result we had that moment that nobody saw coming yeah absolutely nobody saw coming pete dunn and there's and it just popped up in my timeline the other day the photo of pete with the the nxt the wwe uk championship and the adrenaline championship over each shoulder Mwah, perfect perfect storm um and the match was fantastic as well oh it was um, but the the other the thing about that as well is i we deliberately put Lana Austin and April Davids in the main event that night. Deliberately over Pete and Sonna. Because we knew everyone was going to come for Pete and Sonna, but we wanted to shine the spotlight somewhere else. And they had their two out of three falls match. It was the first met women's main event in, in Future Shock history. Um, and they absolutely killed it. They delivered. Um, Lana is a phenomenon. She, for my money, if you said you thought she was the best wrestler in the country, I wouldn't disagree with you. She's yeah. got everything. She's, she's so good and so comfortable in her own skin, and she knows what she's about. And her match is absolutely great. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I would like to think that that time helped because the the run with April Davis in Future Shot was very hard, very physical, and and I and I still apologise to this day because Lana took a bit of a beating over the course of that one. But I hope it it boosted her confidence, and I hope it showed everyone that not only, that she isn't the token girl, that she's someone who is a wrestler and a fighter, and she's a badass. She can go with anyone. She can hang with anyone, and it and and that night it felt like a documentary. It properly felt like a documentary moment that like April and, and Lana came back through the curtain and they were crying and I was crying and everyone was like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. And it was, a, it was amazing. And it's, you know, it's that, that those are the absolute pinnacles of being able to have that time in charge that you can help create those moments, not just for the fans, but also for the wrestlers and, and seeing someone else excel and, and yeah. thrive and do something that they could do. It's the purest high you can get because it's self. It's almost selfless, you know. It's not like seeing someone else succeed is amazing. And and that that night, I will never forget it. And especially in in the atmosphere of fifty three two, which feels like an underground bunker. It's yeah. All closed. It's all packed in, and it's it just it was the perfect storm. So uh, you know, I'm happy you came to that one because I'm not saying we had crap shows, but another one you might have gone. Eh, that's okay, and never bothered again. So good call. Yeah, the story's been told a few times on on the, my podcast, but that was my first one because um, of two people, actually. Pete Dunne, of course, but that was the hook. Pete Dunne was the hook because we knew we were watching WWE Weekly at the time. Yeah. So we knew at that time. The other was Lana. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen a single, um, single show on the indies. I knew Lana. Bigger, bigger than wrestling, queen she of me. Is. I, 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 I genuinely believe you could stick her in the ring with absolutely anybody, and you'll get her. You'll get a main event. You, you will. She's phenomenal. She makes it look so easy, so fluent, so fluid. Every little movement. It's just it. She's amazing at, at being mean. A queen of mean. She's incredible. You want to boo her. But you can't help but just sit there and just be in awe how good she is at the same time. She um she has that quality where when you're watching her, you're not thinking. Mm. You're in that moment, you're in that moment, you're just you're just seeing everything as it is, and uh, that's that's a superstar. That's superstar talent right there. Truly, truly, she um she I watched her have a main event match with Jenny B. Mm-hmm. For the RWF women's title, and she beat her. Um, it, the ruling was it was no disqualification for Jenny, not Lana. And another name I can I'm gonna drop there is Jenny as well. Phenomenal person, absolutely. You know I hate person. name droppers. Name dropping is disgraceful. Oh, that's awful! <laughs> Terrible! Absolute clang. <laughs> don't believe me ask my good friend William Regal yeah there you go. Ding. <laughs> Sorry, I, there's loads on the floor here it's, 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 I, I, it's like Lego I tread on them at night ah <laughs> Rockstar Spud doing that ah. <laughs> awful terrible yeah Jenny B phenomenal person phenomenal wrestler phenomenal person there's it's great to be around, and 
those two in the ring together. Simple magic. Absolutely. I mean, for balance, I mean, I feel that we've said so many nice things about Lana Austin that I almost need to balance it with a, a story about the time that uh, I, I do like winding her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my hobbies. I, I love, I love, I love Lana so much. She's she's just just a wonderful human being outside the ring as well. Uh, just and so funny and so fun and just and a and a and a, and a force of nature on karaoke. She's 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 just <laughs> pure delight. I need to form. see that. I love her so much. Um, at the same time, I do like winding her up. Because one of my guilty things in life is that I've realized that if you say things to people, but you keep it very kind of serious and you sell it, people will kind of take it at face value. So we were driving up. I was I was driving up. I think it was Lana. It might have been someone else in the car as well. It might have just been her. We were going to do a fierce female show in, in Glasgow. Um, and uh, I think she may have been even. No. So I, I was driving up and we we're getting close to the border into Glasgow. And I just said, just, you know, go, be careful. Um, if you have, if you have, if you buy any food while we're there, make sure you finish it before we come back or throw it out because it's illegal for us to bring food from Scotland into England. She went, "Is it?" I went, "Yeah, yeah." Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's no border. They're not. They might not catch us unless we get pulled over. But I don't want to take the chance. So uh, that's why you don't get like haggis on sale in England so much or, or scotch pies. It's because you can't you need a special license to bring the food over. So like, oh, right. I clued her in. Right. I want to make it very clear. I <laughs> can't sit here. Any, I was like, I, I can't do this just in case. I didn't want her sort of panicking as we got close to Cumbria and throwing a Kit Kat out the window. You know, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I can picture that. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was mine. It's it's a, that, was a, that was a WH Smith service station Kit Kat. That cost me a tenner. I'm going to go back <laughs> and get it. I don't care if it's on the hard shoulder, right? It's principle at stake. It's anything. That would be what would get you pulled over. Yeah. Throwing, throwing a Twix in some traffic cop's face, you know? Oh, dear. I mean, I mean, one thing you are correct about is the tenor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you get a chunky one for that, but still a tenor. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a better one as well. Oh, man. He's a really high. This coffee ones are, this coffee ones are quite nice. I've been meaning to get one of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three for a uh, three for, three for pound 20th co-op, in case anyone's thinking about investing. Ooh. Got a call up down the Do we road, now need actually. to put a little product placement thing on this one? Anyway, Kit Kat's are all. I don't. I don't think Kit Kat need my endorsement. I need theirs. Kit Kat. I'm not sponsored. No, no. But if if you want, you know. Yeah. If, if, I'm, if, I'm if you're out there, Nestle, <laughs> Mr. Nestle, if you're out there, give us a call. But we're all happy to be sponsored by Kit Kat. Everyone loves a Kit Kat. Oh yeah. There are tangents. If you need a moment to collect your thoughts upon your thread, I'm more than happy. <laughs> oh, I, I, this this podcast is full of tangents. I, <laughs> it's what makes me love it. <laughs> we will talk about wrestling in the next minute. Wait, what? Perfect example. I split my podcast with Katie Hawkins into two because the first hour we didn't even talk about wrestling. Mm -hmm. It took yeah. us an hour. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> 
it was her first podcast and she said, oh, I'm so nervous. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to talk. I was like just put 50p in, Katie goes. Katie is about the the she the fact that I the, the LWF show I went to, well, I've been to two and one of them, she got the mic and and obviously Chorley. Chorley is a proper salt of the earth place, you know, it's a proper working class town, you know. Yeah. Um you cut them the bleak gravy, you know, proper, proper working class northern town. And in comes in comes Katie Hawkins and on the <laughs> promo and she says, I demand I demand. Everyone just goes, uh, 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 Southern. Demand. <laughs> Ooh, demand. <laughs> Amazing. And it's like, the minute I saw her, I said, that's your shtick now. You, every time you're here, you don't ask, you demand. That's her version of Alexis Falcon. No. Uh, 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 I can't get enough of that. I, I can't wait for it. Odyssey. I can't wait for Odyssey just for the chance, because you haven't seen her since fucking live for a long time. Just for the chance to hear her say, no. Yeah, Odyssey. They love me anymore. They love me in Odyssey. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, something written good. down here. It's the first line says, you are a dick in Odyssey. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, there's other ways to phrase it. Um <laughs> But I mean, I, I I appreciate your forthright approach. You straight that cut cut to the quick on that one. I I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, and I'll tell you why I don't think it's true because I don't think that even comes close to how much of a piece of shit I am. <laughs> I don't a dick. It's like Danny proper's a dick. It's like oh you're a dick, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I am. What am I like? It's like yeah yeah you're a dick. No no <laughs> i i don't go out there to be a wacky kind of oh what's he like but we kind of like him i get a visceral reaction i get a proper visceral people in morecambe at odyssey pro wrestling and i'm and i'm not going to take credit and say i'm like the next paul Heyman or the next mjf because if you've been in morecambe anyone who's watching this has been to the morecambe wrestling crowd do it one time in your life make the trip right Yes. Um, make a day of it, get fish and chips, go on the beach, take a photo, photo with Eric's statue, but go to Odyssey Pro Wrestling because it's like a time machine. It's like it's like going back to a point where everyone just takes it at face value. You feel like you're an extra in a movie where everyone else has been coached right. You are now playing the part of wrestling fans from Memphis in 1974, right? <laughs> yeah. It feels like that. And, 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 it, and, and as much as I enjoy going out and getting the reaction that I do, I'm fully aware that getting heat there or getting a reaction there is like it's like playing with a cheat code on because everyone is just there and they believe you and good lord um i mean i knew i'd i'd sort of achieve something when an old deer took a swing at me with a handbag you know that's like it's like old school world of hate world of hate world of sport day hate world of hate was a different show um but yeah um not to be confused with world of tanks um, which is an expression of gratitude in Ireland. Um, where was I? Distracted. Um, yeah, so yeah, they hate me in Morecambe. I don't know why. I'm a lovely, charming human being, but I turn all of that down, and I just I just play a version of me where I take all the worst parts and the worst parts of being this pretentious, pompous comedian that thinks he's a superstar who's got, you know, that I joke about having friends who are famous, and that's just luck. You know, but 
this version of me genuinely think he's that social climber who rubs shoulders with the stars and and is and is across the way I've described to people I'm like a cross it's a cross between me James Corden and Homelander from the boys that's that's the vibe I've gone for and and so far it's getting the reaction um, and it, and it and it's took me a little while because even even though I and, and something I want to say to anyone wrestling it's hard because even as someone I'm no stranger to speaking in public the first couple of times I went out there to cut promos I was a nervous wreck because it's yeah. so different it's a different set of skills so we're all we're all pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone there but took me a little while got my got my footing got my phrasing and now it's just all every so often I just think of Here's another little thing I can do that'll wind them up. What's the little things that'll make them go, ah? Oh. Because <laughs> I, uh, I, I showed back when I did my first couple of promos that I sent out for obviously pro wrestling. I filmed them and I showed them to my family. I was visiting my brother and sister-in-law and their kids, my nephews, and I showed them. I said, "What do you think?" And there was this awkward pause as they kind of looked at each other. You know that thing when you show someone something you're proud of, and they go. Yeah, and they're trying to think of an nice way of saying it. I said, "Look, I'm, I'm." I just said, "Listen, if it helps, I'm trying to be a douchebag." And they went, "Oh God, thank God! We thought you were just awful. We thought you were such an asshole in that." Like, thank you. Good. That's what I'm trying. Exactly to what do. you want? Yeah. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think what completes it is Kelly Van Ness. Oh yeah. In the way that she is, the. Just the glasses, notebook, the the paper, the the whole thing, the whole the whole image. Mine just went, but it's the whole nine yards. Just her, her with you, that like you've got someone just to you you you've got someone to bully, and that just makes you hated so much more. It's oh, I I've been to one Odyssey show. We're going to another in October. I can't wait. It's just oh my, it's. You are pomp. You're right. You are pompous. You are yeah. pretentious. Yeah, it's it's, and I'll, I'll do the clang again. It's it. Uh, this is a William Regalism, and this was before I got to know him. This is something he he talked about, I think, in his book and about other stuff. It's if you want to get a reaction out of people, uh, whether it's good or it's bad. Um, obviously, you, we, we've all got our own traits of that. But look at people who make you feel a certain way, and look at and think about why, and go right the way down to the little things that they do. So. So, for example, in that case, Kelly is a perfect... I mean, Kelly is an amazing wrestler. Oh, yeah. And, and, and she's so smart, and she's so quick, and, and she's the star of the spotlight. With no offense to the others, she's... And, and, and everyone in there is great. Reese and Rogan are a great tag team. Decker's a great bruiser. Ryan is the superstar in Morecambe Turned Bad. Kelly is... is oh, that a, reaction as well. Is a, ...is a superstar. And, and just... For that, for example, my, my motivation is... Get yourself someone. I mean, part of it was inspired by Alan Partridge, you know, having a lackey, having someone. And, That's and also exactly because, where I went. Yeah. Um, and um, having that um, person to do my dirty work for me, because mm-hmm. I am very careful never to lay a hand on a wrestler. I never do it myself. I've always got someone else to do my dirty work for me so that if ever I have to, there's a little gear shift. There's that, oh, now maybe someone... We're, eventually there's a good chance someone's going to batter me 
And we want that to be a big deal. We want every single person in Odyssey Pro Wrestling to earn that. And, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I, I am slightly scared for how authentic that beating is going to be <laughs> at that point. It's going to be a long night for me and probably a longer drive back. I might like someone else drive that night. <laughs> Kelly! <laughs> but, <laughs> the little things like Kelly, the thing with Kelly is one of the things I noticed, you look notice it, it, the people who are often the worst in life are the ones... Anyone who tr- look at how they treat people who they do not consider to be important, mm-hmm. you know, never put up with anyone, you know, the like if you're on a date with someone, they're rude to the waiter, end of the date, you know. It, it's, uh, I say that as somebody who goes on lots of dates, but you know, and I like to think I would say no, but I am so lonely, I would consider <laughs> not running away if you punch the waiter. <laughs> look for me, look for me on, uh, look for me on a hinge, guys. Anyone, literally, LinkedIn, I'll take anything at this point. Um, but you know what I mean? If, if you see people, if anyone, everyone can be polite to someone that they think can benefit them or is more mm-hmm. important than them or is their friend, it's how they treat other people. And, and, and Chris Brooker in Morecambe is the kind of guy who, who doesn't tip and thinks that if you don't like if you don't, if you're not making enough money, you should get a better job. You know, he's the kind of person who, who will, will sort of patronize you and tell you, well done considering you know it, all that kind of stuff so but Kel- kelly is the perfect foil she instantly understood the assignment yeah and and she will grow out of this and she will emerge i think she will emerge the biggest star of the group including myself by some margin i can see that i can actually see that yeah she's she really she truly is phenomenal she really is uh first time i saw her like she's got that she's got it. She whatever makes someone gravitate to you, she's got it. She's endearing. She's got an energy about her, and she's got a charm about her, and a sincerity, and that's that's it. She's a wonderful person too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful person. Like very very funny and just unapologetically herself. And yeah. I love people that are like that. I mean, I've I've this year alone, I've struggled with. What other people think, and what other people would think of me doing? Whatever the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. But of imposter syndrome, almost. Bit yeah, but this year to be like, you know what? Who cares? You can sit down. I I wanted to do this for years. I, I'm I'm digging the I, Steve Carino job. Digging. Thank it. you. Hey, <laughs> thank you very much. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And, but that little thought of, oh, but what if that person who will never see me again doesn't like <laughs> Who cares? We're, we're only human. But I, I think that's a nice thing about about um, one of the, the, the tangible benefits of wrestling is that you... And so I, 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 I was lucky enough to go on the BBC Radio Manchester last night with Tonga. And we recorded an interview with the two of us uh, with 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 stacy um who's i don't know why i can't remember her name it, some names about black hole in my brain i can't get them yeah. in there and it's not disrespect yeah. I, I can't remember but we were tonga hit the nail on the head and and, and so stacy's a, a a professional boxer um a, a medalist boxer one one fights and championships all over the place and, and there was a real respect there for Tonga and for what she does and the physicality of what she does. And 
wrestling at its best is a place to see people like you, whoever you are. It's a place to see people of all shapes and sizes because, you know, legitimate sport at the end of the day is still essentially governed by who can do something the best, who can throw something furthest, who can run fastest, who can who can throw a dart with most accuracy, who can who can kick a ball best. You know what I mean? All of that. Yeah. It's it, at the end of the day, your ability, your success comes down to how good you are at that, and that's the the main parameter. There's obviously there's there's marketing and there's bookability and there's all kinds of other stuff. I suppose to a, a, a celebrity from it, mm-hmm. but in professional wrestling. It's about, it has been, is, and will always be about connection over content. It will always be, there's always a place for, for big moves and there's always a place for big moments, but it will always be about personality, first and foremost. It will always be about that connection. And because of that, there is an open gate for anyone, of pretty much any walk of life, any any sort of domina- denomination of, uh, any way you can subdivide humanity, you know, yeah. by 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 creed, by color, by race, by orientation, by gender, and because of that, there's a mix to it. There's a it's it's just about how can you connect. So there's always, when it's best, there is someone there. Uh, you go to a wrestling show, there will be at least one person on that show where you go, that person. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of myself in that person, and vice versa, and and done well. When they carry themselves with confidence, it gives you confidence. It gives us confidence, and it gives us permission to be. And and if and if and if that's the only thing that that we get out of a show, then that's terrible. Because I want to make some money. Please, I am in danger of being homeless. <laughs> but as I'm homeless, if I end up out on the streets, at least I'll take satisfaction in the fact that we've made people's lives better. You know that people are more confident. They stand a little taller, and they and and then they're not, not going to spend so much time thinking about what mysterious stranger X thinks of them, and they're going to fly their flag. And that I think is is one of the wonderful things about pro wrestling. Yeah, can't put it better myself. I remember remember last year when I was training. In mm-hmm. Shock um, before I got hurt. Um, I, I I always said I. I don't personally mind if I'm not the best wrestler on the card. Because, of course, you got your likes of Joey Hayes and Sonny Durson, and I could name and name and name. <laughs> so I, I don't mind if I'm not the best professional wrestler on the card. But if I'm the most memorable, mm. that is, that's marketing yep. right there. And it's connection. Yeah, I want to be memorable. I want people good or bad or anywhere in between. A future goal of mine is, as I've said before on this podcast, a future goal of mine is to be a manager. And if I want to be a manager on that show, I know I'm going to be a deplorable also most of the time. <laughs> and I'm trying to tap into that. Mm. I, like, I like to think I'm a decent person, but I can be a bit of a prick when I want to be. <laughs> we all have it. It's just, just it's those lightning in the bottle moments. You find yeah. those little things, you just you catch it and refine it. But there's there's so many. It's it's fascinating because there's so many good people in wrestling, mm-hmm. so many good people, and there's only a few bad ones. There's only a handful <laughs> of people that I think, if anything, are, are, are a burden or a detriment, are like a tick suckling the blood of independent 
professional wrestling. Um, the, the, I, it's not my place to say they should be kind of strapped to the back of a horse and ridden out of town, like dragged out of town. But, I mean, if it happened, if someone did it, I'd buy that horse oats or lunch. I don't know what horses eat. Maybe an apple. Um, I... <laughs> Am I being too subtle here? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, 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 I know this is your podcast. I know this is your show, but I, I am not going to allow this to wind up without me having right to reply to this guy. <laughs> we won't say his name. Rob Halden. Robert. Halden, <laughs> Robert Ulysses Halden. I don't know what your middle name is. <laughs> okay. I, oh, Jamie. I, I I dispute what he said about the young guns, and I will and I will give you my side of the story if you're willing to allow. Me. Please do. Okay. Please. Right. So, I am willing to concede that there may be a little bit of a collaborative effect going on here because I can't quite remember everything, but I can tell you. So I've always said that I gave the young bucks their name. I said that, that they are the young bucks and I will stand by that because I can tell you exactly now, whether or not Rob called them the young bucks on commentary, uh, not the young bucks. That's other people. That I, I'm not, no, not, not them. Young guns are better. Although I did once give the young bucks a lift to their hotel just outside Heathrow. Um, and was deeply embarrassed on behalf of Britain when they had to pay a £10 deposit to get the Sky Remote. Small town Britain. Little Britain. I, uh, it, I feel sorry for you for having to share a car yeah. with them. No, they were grand. They were lovely people. I, really? I, I won't say a bad word. They were absolutely delight. Um, <laughs> went to get food after the show. Uh, it was at uh, sorry, the TGI Fridays. Yeah, it wasn't great food. Anyway. I don't mind TGI. Anyway, lovely folk, um, Matt and or Nick. Um, so, um, what happened? Uh, the Young Guns, Luke Luke Jacobs and Ethan Allen. Um, their first match in Future Shock was a handicap match against Crater. Okay, um, and that was at the uh, Longfield Suite in in Prestwich. Rest in peace, sorely missed. Um, it is. And the, and and in fairness to them, they they made the most. They made them. They maximized their minutes. They got beaten by by Crater, but they got to show a little bit of what they could do against his his minions. They threw a little bit of athleticism in in there, and it was a, it was a great showcase. Yes. And then they had a match against um, Wonderland, as they were known previously, um, Noah and, and Henry T. Grad, and that was at fifty three two. And that was in June of 2018. Okay. Yes, and the reason I know this is because that was the day before I flew out to America, three months in what I now refer to in hindsight as my midlife crisis. Um, so <laughs> all of that was playing out. Um, we were stood there and we were waiting for the, it was literally just as they were about to go out through the curtain for their match. And I, and I don't know where I kept it. And I'll give credit to, to Rob. I don't remember clearly. He might have said the young guns to me. He might have mentioned it. It might have been something discussing. It might have been something that popped in my head. However, the point I'm making is that I was the one I said, Luke, Ethan, right, 
uh, and I said to the announcer, they're the young guns. Announce them collectively as the young guns. I gave them that name. At that point, I said, you guys are the young guns. And you know what they said? Oh, I don't want to. Why? It's like, just trust me. Trust me. First time they came out, they were getting, people were chanting it. Yeah. Young guns. Young guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it stuck. And it worked. And do you know how much I've seen in royalties? <laughs> Approximately the same amount of respect I have for Rob Hald. <laughs> Nothing. Zero. Vacuum. <laughs> Am I to get him back on now? Is this just got? Is this gonna be podcast beef now? I mean, I, I possibly. I mean, <laughs> if if it if it drives ratings, you know, I, I, I if, if Rob feels that he has to retort to me or reply to me, I I think I've covered it. I think I was gracious. I mean, I've not had the time yet, but you better believe I'm going to go back with a fine tooth comb. Um, which I won't need because I'm watching videos and a comb is if, at this point in my life is a waste is decorative um, and I will and I will go back and I will find the first reference he makes to Ethan Allen and Luke Jacob being young and gun-like in any way shape or form and, it, and I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I'm at this point I'm willing to concede he may have referenced that before I gave him the name but if he doesn't oh I'm I don't know what uh, book it I'm going to get a horse book it yeah, yeah. Book me, me. Yeah, that's it. Rob Halden, Rob Halden. Listen to me, man. If, if you're listening now, I'm calling you out. You and me. New Century Hall, Manchester, the biggest, most iconic venue, the reborn, rising from the flames, the most stunning space. The we, you and I, we're going to throw down, and we will have the worst wrestling match that <laughs> anyone has ever had. It will be so bad. <laughs> two non-athletes just <laughs> no, stop it, stop it, stop it. If so, I'm gonna tell you now, wrestling fans, if your dream match is seeing two overweight middle-aged men get stitches during their ring entrances, <laughs> this is this is your lucky day. I expect the Undertaker entrance from you. <laughs> Yeah, even slower. I mean, I, I I feel like I mean, can we can I make a call? Can we get those ring carts from the old WrestleMania? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and for that other one from the Royal Rumble, where it was like ten miles, and they yeah. had to actually get that to go all the way around. Yeah, I would consider the Shawn Michaels entrance from WrestleMania because at least I wouldn't have to. Gravity would do the work for me. <laughs> although, although in a. In, Although I think in a in any venue that's smaller than a stadium, it's a bit less impressive. Sort of like, Vip. oh right, I'm I'm there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Literally, literally, literally like ten feet. I think you'd have to go round a little bit before yeah, going yeah, down. Yeah. Do you want me to go up and down a couple of times? No, the the moment's ruined already. Just, just, <laughs> just start. Oh, <laughs> ring ring the bell. Yeah, we'd have an inhaler on a pole match. That'd be how it is. And no, and it would never end because neither of us could climb it. You know, like, You'd uh, need an inhaler to get up to get the inhaler. A literal death match. <laughs> uh, I I have never had a more perfect segue in my whole damn life to your promo classes in my life. <laughs> A literal promo. Yeah. That's money. 
I mean, money lost is still money. You know, money, <laughs> an overdraft is still technically money. You know, it's just got a little, it's just in red, or a little minus at the front. So, oh, I've made a mistake. I should have got a bottle of water. Putting bums <laughs> in seats. I mean, admittedly, like Ubers and buses going away, but it's still seats. It's still seats. You are correct. <laughs> just putting some money going into the Ubers, but mm. what is money? Support other industries. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so promo classes. Promo classes. Yes. Yeah. You um. You do. Promo I do classes. Well, if you, if you didn't know, he does promo classes. Uh, yeah. Future show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I watched. Oh, dear God, I need a second. I need, I need a minute. Um. Yeah. Um. You. You promise. It's. I, I've been to quite a number. I've not been to as many this, this year, but on my way back, um I can say firsthand they are phenomenal. Thank I you. Do. Really good fun. And I think that is much better than it being right, we're doing this, go. There's an element of fun to it. Yeah, and I I try, yeah. Yeah, and everyone else around us does our bit. We're all Pretty much adult children at this point, so it's quite fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, how did it come about? Like, your was it your idea to to start the classes? Okay, well, I mean, this this will will dial this back a bit as well. This goes right the way back to um, probably actually, I think it might have been before I did um, I took over future. Oh. So Dave, um, so with with the future with the school, um, in fact, I'll go even. Uh, now I think about it, I'll go even further back. So I used to, initially when I tried to dabble in, in wrestling, I trained at Grand Pro Wrestling School, or Garage Pro Wrestling as it was. This is how long ago it was. So it was about 2009. Um, and I, I tried it for a bit, and then I fell off, but then I went back again for a bit at Salah's Gym out sort of um, north of Piccadilly. So north or west? Any, anyway, east of Piccadilly. Anyway, um, one day, because um, Johnny Brannigan, who ran the school, knew about my day job he knew about what i did you know i was a comic mm -hmm. mc i did a lot of improv that kind of thing um and and one day i think one of the classes was either running short or there was just a bit of a lull and he said chris do you want to try a like an impromptu promo class do you, do you want to see if you could do anything i went well not really but i might as well you know because I, I had nothing ready so what i did i just got a group of people together who were there and i did a couple of I tried a few little tricks that I learned in in improv. So I was part of an improv troupe for a while um, called Comedy Sports, um, okay. based out of Manchester. Um, I think they, they still do shows at, at Waterside and Sale and around about the place. Grand, grand family show, right? Um, so I took I took a couple of the tricks that I learned from there, and I did a quick impromptu sort of session to try and get people to relax, mm -hmm. um, because there were people in there. I mean, one in particular who I won't name. Who is, who was such a daredevil? I once saw him take a backdrop from the ring, like a full on, have time to think I should have landed by now, backdrop, back body drop from the ring to the entrance ramp at Grand Pro Wrestling. Okay. I mean, and that was done fearlessly. But if you took a microphone and you held it up to him, it was terror. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, it, that always, that always fascinates me, that kind of human nature thing where, 
people who do genuinely unbelievably terrifying dangerous things cannot bring themselves to speak in public and it's it's so normal it's so commonplace it's like the most most it's like most commonplace fear in the world instead of death on most of these lists um which is mad when you think about rationally but kind of understandable right yeah so i did this and we went back and forth and i and i cut a promo for example as an example i cut a promo i said look the purpose of a promo is to make people believe in you and to make people want to see the match that's the and i, and I knew a lot less then than i know now right um so i cut a promo on one of the wrestlers and by the end of it and I, and even then i mean i'm not i'd love to say that back then i looked jacked and ready to go i did not you know i still looked a bit like me but now but with more hair um and and i cut a promo and there was a moment I went, oh, this is this went well. And people were kind of quiet and watching. And I said, do you all want to see that match now? And they said, yeah. I said, it'll be terrible. I'm not a wrestler. It'll just be him beating the shit out of me for 10 minutes. <laughs> do you want to see it? And I went, yeah. Um, and that particular wrestler later on came to me and said, I really appreciate that. That was a light bulb moment for me. That was a moment where I kind of got a handle on who I am and, what my, and how to be a promo, how to do a promo, how to let my character out. Okay. And that wrestler's name is Sam Gradwell. Wow. So, yeah. Sam Gradwell. Um, and I can't, and I will never take credit for the thunderstorm because Sam is just full on force of nature as a person. That's him. But if I helped him unlock it and tap into that, that's brilliant. Um, and, and and I've got the other day I had to put together my CV for coaching and I and I put some references on and he and I and he sent me one ages ago and I, I and I read it but I'd forgotten it and it just said that because of this session it put me on the path that meant I was ready for a WWE tryout that got me my callback so that was nice knowing in hindsight um, and then the other one was at PCW in Preston back when it was mad to think that one of the in one of the one of the the the, the most the, the most important venues in the world for independent wrestling was a fucking nightclub in Preston <laughs> you know it just blows <laughs> your mind it blows your mind like evoke like you, you don't just stick to the floor you stick to the walls if you lean on them too long <laughs> you know there's there's more dna in that carpet than in Jurassic Park's entire franchise you know it's that kind of place and, but it's it, it was it was amazing. And he had so many stars coming through. And one day, a young lad called Pete Dunn, before he became famous, oh. was doing promos backstage. What happened to him? Um, yeah. But he uh, he and this also speaks to Pete as a as a person. He said to me, he did a promo backstage, and he said, "Chris, can you give me some advice? How can I make that better?" And I gave him a few little bits and pieces, and he cut a second promo where he used them, and it was like night and day. And again, I will never take credit for Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn is is one of a kind. Yeah. But if I've helped, ma- magnificent. And 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 there that became the thing. So I try. I did a, a couple, I did a four week course, um, sort of about 2015, 16. Then other things happened. I didn't do anything. And it was it's during lockdown that <clears throat> excuse me that I kind of I in fact going into lockdown I'd already decided to do a, like a course, but then we had to cancel it because the world shut. But then over lockdown, using Zoom, using um, well, Zoom, basically, I managed to do some one-to-one coaching sessions with people. Okay. Um, I managed to do, I won't say who, it's their business to say who, who you know, that they've worked with me or not, because I don't want to sort of, 
And it's quite important, I think, for them to be able to decide whether to share that or just go, yeah, I did it all by myself. I'm more than happy to create, maintain that illusion. But I work with quite a lot of different people. And then coming out of it, um, when Sam Bailey moved the PC, the Future Shop PC, to its new place. In fact, I think it was a new place. It might have been just before. Um, I asked if they'd be interested in me doing a monthly promo course um, just to try it out. And here we are. It's been a year. And I, it's been tremendous um, for me as much as anyone else because to, to throw another heavy-duty clang in there, Matt Bloom, the head oh, yeah. coach over at the PC, artist formerly known as Albert Atrey, Tensai, you name it, uh, Bernard, Bernard, giant Bernard. Of all the names in the world they could have picked, the most intimidating was Bernard. <laughs> we call it Bernard. It's just not the same. Right? Oh, not at all. Giant Bernard. He sounds like someone that you get in when you've got a particularly heavy harvest of crops to get in in Cornwall. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can handle this. We might have to spend a few more quid and get giant Bernard, right? Um, <laughs> you saw me on that. Yeah, exactly. Lovely fella. Lovely fella can carry a full bushel of oats. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll need some of those for the horse that we're dragging Rob behind later as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so Matt Bloom, um, he tweeted this. Which is and it's and it's not his, but he tweeted it. Um, and he and it's it's a fairly standardized piece of wisdom, which is when you teach, two people learn. And I've it's maybe I would not be able to go out at Morecambe and get the reaction that I get had I not spent the time thinking about it, thinking about the process, helping other people, because it it shine it reflects back on you, it shines a light on your own processes. And and that was kind of why I tried I got the gig in Morecambe because I wanted to not just be the guy who, yeah, I've got experience doing this other thing. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can MC. Yeah, I've learned some good stuff from people who are smarter than me, but I've never gone out and done it myself. And I wanted to be able to say, look, I, I can do it, you know? And, I, and I, use, I use the things that I say. I don't just say, throw them out there because I've got two hours to kill and people have paid money. Some of it is stuff that I throw out because I've got two hours to kill and people have paid money. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's such a it's a privilege. It's nice to be trusted with that role as well because the standard at the Future Shock PC is so high. Um, is. When you've got someone like Sam Bailey who who is an incredible teacher, his and that's about and that's even before you even start talking about what he knows about wrestling. Just as a coach, as a teacher who knows how to bring the best out of people, he is he's incredible. He's he's it's his gift, you know. Um and and then you've got Chris Ridgeway, you've got Lana Austin, and just to be even mentioned in passing with those guys is it's it's a death, it's an absolute honor and it's a privilege. And it's and it was nerve-wracking for a while. I won't I won't lie, there were a few days I was sort of, you know, at like like 10 to 3 or whatever I was about to start, I went, oh, I'm really nervous. Maybe I'll just pull it today and I'll, everyone will understand. But no, I kept going. And and that's the thing. We all we all go through that. We all have yeah. those moments. And But now um, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm into it. I'm comfortable. I mean, if anything, I'm too comfortable. You know, I've said things in that session that should never be repeated. Um, but the... But I'm now at the point where I'm I'm at ease and I'm enjoying it and it's a highlight of my month and it's great and as we go back to that unselfish thing there's such a satisfaction when you see someone do something 
or have a moment or come up with a line that they didn't have an hour or a day before it's 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 magnificent yeah it, it truly is i've found it incredibly helpful for myself truly um i remember the first one the reason i know it was in the old um area to begin with is because my first one was the entrance class ah uh, yes yes the the entrance class where we realized that it's very difficult to do an entrance when you have literally four feet to yeah. walk to get to the ring oh man yeah that that, that there've been a, there's been a, quite a few hits but there's been a few swings and kind of maybes along the way uh, you can't get a hit if you don't swing though can you it's true it's like my it's like my grand used to say chris you miss a hundred percent of the swings that you take because she'd see me play around as nice sucked she just she wasn't very supportive i got hit <laughs> at rounders in some way you don't want to get hit because the, no. the person person in front swung and then threw it backwards i was like oh okay yeah still mm. don't know if i can have kids yet or not but no i mean i don't think there's anybody, i don't think that, in fairness i mean there's worse there are worse places to get hit than better but i don't think anyone goes do you know what i really like to get hit in the shoulder with a baseball bat you know nah. yeah mm. yeah it's uh, yeah wrestling's wrestling's good isn't it Rounders is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, sod rounders. Yeah, forget it. Better than cricket, Buster. Sod it. <laughs> you know what? And if we get cancelled by rounders Twitter, I am well up for that. Keep them out oh, of the games. Block us. Block us all. We don't care. I, I would be genuinely. I didn't even. I don't even know if there is a rounders Twitter, but if there is, yeah, I'm happy with the beef. In which case, you know, I, I we'll call them out. We'll just, you know, choose your enemies carefully. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, um I remember coming up with um with a line myself. I remember it keep paying, keep losing. Mm. I remember coming up with that. I got that yep. written in my phone, got that saved. Um so that that moment, it's it is amazing when you think, oh, I just come up with this because when you um when you get yeah, I I've I remember I was writing in my phone, I was like this, 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 this. But when when you get up there and your legs go jelly and your brain turns mush, it is all gone. Yeah, it's full eight mile, isn't it? You know? It's gone. Absolutely gone. Big, it's just you you get comfortable. You get to the point where it's not a conscious process mm -hmm. and it takes time, you know. I mean I've right. Last Saturday, I, I emceed a, a comedy night in a rugby club in Stoke-on-Trent, which immediately sounds like the start of a horror story. Um, you know, and and I know that there were newer acts on the bill with me who were, who were very, very good, but not, were not as experienced as I was, who were very nervous about dealing with this crowd of rowdy rugger buggers who were just like, oi, oi. It, we, it was, it was, it's like, it's like the mating call of the overexcited. You know, we, we were sat in the little green room area. We just, every so often, we'd be having a chat. We just hear, hey! and then someone's name being chanted, like, Stormy, Stormy. It's like, <laughs> just, yeah, they're going to listen to our setups and punchline. Oh, um, and, and they were nervous, but I've been down this road so many times that I don't get nervous anymore. Yeah. And it's just about getting those reps. And once you get to the point that you're comfortable, the world is yours. Mm. Look at look at Lana Austin. True. The moment she got comfortable, she she the world was hers. 
True. Very, very true. Like something else I've said a lot on this podcast, I've had her on mm-hmm. and said this to her, is I saw Tonga's first match. I, I now watch her now. She is she commands the respect of the of everybody in that room, everybody in the ring, no matter what. She, she she just does she doesn't need to do anything. She just commands your respect. Just she's phenomenal. Wonderful. So yeah, it's I've been told plenty of times it's about reps. So when you when you're that kind of person who wants it the done now. Like, well, now. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah. Uh, I've got and, and no matter how many times you tell somebody you're patient, I know I've been told that you won't. <laughs> Because that's human nature, and you don't realize until you look back and go, "Oh, that's how it is." We've all yeah. got, our own, we've all got our own path. Couple more things. Number one, I'm just gonna mention this person's name, and the flow is yours. Okay, Tony Wright, absolute legend. Don't know who he is. Tony Wright. I mean, I was very upset when they took him off the afternoon spot on Radio 2 recently. Mm. He's he's a hugely influential radio DJ. Also, there's the other Tony Wright, who who is the comedian who quit and <laughs> became a wrestler. The only reason I'm absolutely mentioning... threw me then. Oh, I, I was sat like... there like. Do you know what? I'm getting my names confused. <laughs> saying Steve Wright. I thought there was a Tony. I've been joking about the fact that, that I had a radio so DJ's hard. name on my T-shirt. People thought I was just really into this radio DJ. <laughs> and now I've just realised the joke has been shit all along because the radio DJ is called Steve Wright, like Steve Wright in the afternoon. And no one's corrected me. Everyone has just patiently gone, yeah, it must <laughs> be Chris. Yeah, yeah, like. Oh, Jesus, it's like early onset dementia. I realize now I, I probably the carer. This is it. Yeah, you were right to stare at me. You were right to stare at me like, what the fuck is he on about? I was totally right. Totally right. Let's... I was trying to figure in my head thinking, I don't remember that being a thing. No, it, it wasn't. <laughs> this is clear. Yeah, clearly at some point I decided in my head that the, the famous BBC Radio 1 turned Radio <laughs> 2, whatever he's doing now, DJ, Steve Wright's name was actually Tony Wright. And I was, and you could spell this, this t- instead of Wright, I was wrong. Tony wrong. Steve wrong. That was <laughs> um, but yeah, Tony Wright. Tony, man. Ah, we don't deserve Tony Wright. What a lovely, oh. wonderful human being he is um and i've known him longer than i literally longer than i can remember because he i'm at the point now where i can't quite remember the first time we met but he can Um, so you'd have to ask him but he um getting to know him we we gig together a a, a fair bit um and and he's, he's a wonderful comedian um he's 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 got something about him um, and we, we bonded over wrestling and there was that time where I just went, we need a new backstage interviewer. You know what you're doing. You're a confident speaker. Would you like to do it? And and thus he was on the path. Um, so, I, I mean, it could have been interesting. I said, listen, I've got an idea, Tony. In a few years, do you want to be in a last man standing match with a, a man the size of a small shed? You know, he'd be going, oh, I don't know. Maybe I won't. But it's funny how things turn out. Yeah. Now, Tony, Tony is... 
is is a great guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, he's like a, I don't know, brother or nephew. I don't know what the relationship is. I love him to be. I love him so much. He's he's he he, he he's one of the comics that I consider like handful of comics like Billy Kirkwood and others yeah. like that who who are like proper family level. Um, yeah. He's he's he he he's. I've got gigs down in Devon. He's come down. He's met my folk. He's met my. Fo- We're not in a relationship. He's met my parents. You know, um, <laughs> Lord, if I deserve, if I was, if I was worthy to date a snack like Tony Wright, you know. Um, but yeah, my my folks love him. We we he met my brother, sister, and my nephews. Um, my nephews love him to the point that unbidden, they occasionally go, "When's Tony going to come visit?" You know, um, which is which is very sweet. But also, they do like shooting at him with Nerf guns. Oh. Which, on the one hand, is very fun, but also it is quite suspect of two little white kids chasing a mixed race man around with a gun. Um, <laughs> for it's worth, they shoot at me too, so it's not—it's not what it looks <laughs> like. But yeah, it's Devon, different rules. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah, Tony's Tony's—I can't begin to tell anyone how proud I am of Tony mm-hmm. for. Not just professionally, personally. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to decide to walk away from something the way he did with stand-up. And I, and I mean that sincerely. It it wasn't making him happy. And he went, I'm just going to leave. And he's found this passion for wrestling and he's great at it. Mm-hmm. And he, he we come back to that connection. And he he is, he instantly has that. You, you. He walks a little taller when he steps through those curtains, you know. And never ever has there been a more perfect marriage of music and a wrestler yeah. than Tony Wright and Lady Marmalade. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Yeah. And it, it's it's going through a business like this, you're frustrated at the moment because you're not where you want to be. It's almost like there's there's little plateaus of frustration all the way, you know, yeah. um, and our expectations shift from I want to I want to take a body slam to I want to do this move, then I want to be in one match, then I want to do more matches, I want to be in more places, then I want a main event, then I want to work with certain people, then I want to be a champion, then I want to do this, and it, and there's always an element of that. And Tony, I think, is at this point now where any minute now i think he's going to get that one booking or be seen by that one person or have that one match or moment where the world will open up for him yeah. um, and i know it can't come fast enough for him because he's he's so determined so determined to do something with this um and and he will and and uh, and, uh, and i'm just waiting for that moment and it's going to be fantastic i mean to date this may change I have been in attendance for every single one of Tony's matches. Oh, every yeah. yeah. I hope that changes. I hope he's so busy that I physically cannot afford to become like, I don't know, chasing around the, the, the country like a groupie chase of the Rolling Stones, you know. <laughs> he's, he's he's on his way. And it's only a matter of time before he's one of those guys that's everywhere, you know, has can pick and choose where they want to go. And 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 everyone wants to work with, and you notice that's that's a good, that's a great sign. And I was saying this after the last promo class to people, um, you know you're doing something right. For a long time, if people were in the promo class and and they're all future folk, I said you can cut a promo any you want, 
everyone chose Future Shock people. Um, for a long time, if you're doing a babyface promo, who'd you cut it on? Everyone, JJ Webb. JJ Webb, you know, because it's JJ Webb, obviously. And and maybe Damon, maybe the champions. Um, and for a long time, Big Guns Joe was the babyface that everyone cut yeah. promos on. This last promo session, Tony. Everyone cut their heel promos on Tony because they know that Tony has got that connection. And now everyone wants to work with him. All different styles are kind of people because they know that when they work with Tony, people will be invested and they will care and they will react from the moment they go, they lock up. Even before, from the moment Tony walks out and, and everyone wants a piece of that. So it won't be long before the world wants a piece of our Tony. He's he's phenomenal. He's um, someone who's, of course, had his own demons. Um, he, he truly is such an amazing, amazing person. Um, he's always been there for me. In my messages, he'll be he'll always drop me a lamb. Always drop me a lamb. Ask, ask if I'm okay, how are you doing? And that right there means the world because, like, he's it's hard to put it's hard, it is hard to put words to it. He's phenomenal, and everything you just said, he deserves. He deserves that spotlight, he deserves to be that guy that people pay to go and watch a show. He deserves that, and he will be that. I couldn't agree with you more. Can't agree with you more. Hope either. Without a doubt. Yeah, I. I wish I could say more, but it's hard to get the words. I think I can sum it up by saying: Imagine a sliding scale of humanity, with Tony Wright at one end and Rob Halden at the other. <laughs> I think I think we all understand each other. <laughs> Anyway, where were we? I feel I feel there's been a theme <laughs> through this. I don't know. Sometimes it just happens organically, you know. Sometimes, sometimes you just you just you know. I mean, I don't know what today's is. It's just maybe one day scholars will watch this back and go, maybe it was this. Yeah. But maybe they'll see the words Rob and Halden in the description and go, oh, we won't bother listening to that. It's probably shit. <laughs> But then they'll listen to this one, and then they'll have to go and listen to that. Oh God! I, I, have I just made Rob relevant? <laughs> it's a vicious circle now. It's like a it's snake it. eating its own shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, you said I had another question. Should we? Should we? Before I, before I get into libel territory, till I get to slander, till I'm not sure if I'm joking anymore. <laughs> He lies so much, he's starting to believe himself. <laughs> don't don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> yeah, brother. Um, I've put it in a big circle. Listen, capitals. <coughs> the I messaged you about it as well. You put on social media that you are commissioning for a shirt to me for still here. Mm-hmm. And of course, I personally find absolutely wonderful, and I. No for you to talk about it. Okay, well, congratulations. You're basically getting an exclusive because this is the first time and I, I've, I've, I've spoken about it. Um, and it's still, at this stage, I don't 
because of the nature of podcasting and broadcasting and video, I do not know what the date in the bottom of your device or above will say when you're watching this. Um, I don't know. But either. here <laughs> I will I will talk from the perspective of today. As I say, this is the 22nd of September, 2022. Mm -hmm. So my my thought is, I've uh, without going too much detail, I've been very lucky that I had a long-term kind of imbalance in my head that led to a lot of problems. Recently, I've been very fortunate in that I've, after much kind of experimentation and trying different things and, and waiting and trying and watching, I've got the help that Touch Wood has, has put me on the right path um and the, it ties into tony Wright. so tony and i um were, were having a having a pint in 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 sort of didsbury it doesn't matter where but i'm just setting the scene so we're in a pub in didsbury having a pint having a catch-up and i was explaining the change and what i've been going through and the new medication and all this and and how it would really make a profound change um in fact i'll just tell you basically i don't know the adhd diagnosis um which has, has changed my life. Uh, a lot of comics are getting it at the moment. I won't, I can ta tangent about that some other time. Um, and what happens a lot of the time is that when people, adults get a diagnosis for it, because it's affected them so profoundly and for so long in terms of their personal life, their relationships, their friendships, their professional life, their jobs, their, their, their occupation. For me, it was professionally i was thinking primarily of what i the opportunity i've squandered in comedy from writing like i had a potentially a commission with the bbc in the late in early 2000s um uh in terms of wrestling because there were opportunities to do things with future shock i didn't do or didn't make the most of um even running the tours um i i for a while i was running wrestling tours with stars and it ended and it was because of me and other people have taken on inside the ropes doing a great job. It's not the point. Um, but what happens when you get that diagnosis, a lot of people, when you get that fixed and you realize that this was the problem all along, it's very easy to kind of have this mourning period where you go, I've wasted so much time. I've wasted so many opportunities. I've wasted so much of my life. And from the positive going, I've got this answer to, oh God, why didn't I know sooner? Why didn't, if I'd have known, if nowadays it's a very different world, you teacher friends of me have said there's support, like kids, they can spot it five, six, seven, eight years old, and they can work with you. And it doesn't debilitate the way it, it had for me. Um, and Tony Wright, um, and I say again, I love him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, purely and dearly. He said something that has instantly gone like full inside out and become a core memory. It's there. And he saved me from all of that because I was saying about all this and I was saying this could be the case. And Tony just said, well, just think about all the things you've done in spite of it. Good point. Very, just very good point. In that moment, I just went, you are right. No pun intended. You, when you're right, you're right. You know, <laughs> and, 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 it, and, it, and it felt like he saved me from a really like a fight there. He just took mm. it. He just walked up to that that demon just went bang done mm. out you know just one one finish squashed him straight out of the back wrestlemania <laughs> did Miami, you know bro kicked that shit and and <laughs> and he was right and it, and it, it kind of got me thinking that if you have if if you or anyone have had 
issues with mental health or trauma or PTSD or or difficult times and 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 I, and I always come at it from the mental health point of view because that's kind of me physically I've been very fortunate I I don't have too much chronically wrong with me yet <laughs> um, it's still early right um, but that's where I'm coming from and and it's so easy to not give us credit especially after two years of a pandemic of difficult lives and difficult times and opportunities taken away from us and and not being able to do things we love to give ourselves credit because we're still here you know that we're still standing if 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 you are a, a, a to go very bleak if you're a suicide survivor if you were somebody who at some point got to that point where you contemplated taking your own life seriously and it even it didn't even feel like a bad decision it felt like the right decision you know but you're still here. There was something, you know, whether it was a little quirk of fate or or a, or, or a kind word or a, a kind gesture that, that stopped you. We're still here. You're still here. And and that's something I think that we should be proud of. And I think that the more we sort of talk about how, do you know what? We're still here. We're still standing. And and that was the, the, the idea behind the T-shirt, which is just a T-shirt that simply says, and I've got the design being sorted at the moment, just says still here. And whether it's you, whether it's a message you're sending to someone else that you're happy that they're still here, you know, that's that's the purpose of it. That's the message. And if I had to think, and there's been some hard times, if I had given up and I got close and it wasn't always on me that I didn't, and I was very fortunate, I had a lot of good support around me that I didn't always appreciate, I'm still here. And if I wasn't, then I wouldn't be able to take opportunity, take advantage of what I have now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the wonderful things that I do and the people around me. So that's the ethos behind it. The idea, the principle is I'm going to get these t-shirt design. It's going to be out there. Nice, simple, uh, that you can wear uh, in the premise, based on the premise of all good wrestling t-shirts. Black, simple Ooh. print on black on a, on a, on a soft fit t-shirt because I'm sick of the scratchy ones. Yeah. Um, um, that, you know, if you know, you know. But it doesn't. It doesn't explicitly say. It just says the words. Still here. Nice big design, um, and they will be on sale. Uh, the motivation for me was at the end of September, which is Suicide Prevention Month, um, to say that's not when we have to stop caring. We don't switch it off. So for October, from the first of October to the thirty first of October, these T-shirts will be on sale. I can't tell you where. I haven't figured that bit out yet. Um, however, my goal is to raise a thousand pounds. I don't know how many T-shirts it will be. Haven't figured that out yet. Um, but I do know that the more T-shirts we sell, so I've found a supplier, hopefully, who will be able to print and distribute the T-shirts. So the idea is that we take orders over the course of September, and then however many T-shirts we have sold will be sent out um, at the beginning of November. And the theory is that the more T-shirts we sell, the cheaper it is to print per unit. Ergo, if we sell 10 T-shirts, and that's what we sell, then we've sold 10 T-shirts. The, the, the two charities are going to be Mind, the mental health charity, and a charity called Sudden, which is a charity that helps with sudden bereavement. It's uh, survivors and helping folk um, because they were very supportive to, uh, to someone else I love, a very good friend of mine recently. Um, and the more T-shirts we sell, the more money per T-shirt the will go to these causes and that's every every penny of profit anything we make 
Um, everything I'm going to do is going to be as cheap as possible. So there shouldn't be any real costs to this um, beyond printing and posting the T-shirts. And hopefully the more we the more we sell, the more we can raise and and raise money for good charities that support people and just say, I'm still here. And I'm glad you are, too. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Beautiful. It, it, it is. It's. Um, it resonates with me. Mm -hmm. More than I can say, um, it's been difficult mm -hmm. this year. Um, my mental health went down the bucket. It, yeah. it absolutely just, and I um, I'm, I'm perfectly open. I contemplated it myself. Perfectly, con I I did. I contemplated it in the middle of everything that was going on. My grandma, unfortunately, passed away as well. So. Sorry, um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so that on top of everything else as well, it's um, been awful. Yeah. Um, currently going through counselling. And as you say, I didn't go through with it. Still spoiler. here. I feel I have to almost, when I talk about it, I nearly have to say, spoiler, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like when you tell us so you know. yeah, a story about that. You go, you've ruined the ending just by being here. It's like, well, that's not the point. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing sentiment. It really is. And it, sh it, it should. It should be year, year round. It should be something that should always be cared about, uh, no matter what. You're, so, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So hopefully, we'll see. You, this this is it's still early days. We'll get the ball rolling, and and I pre and, and and above all, I appreciate you you asking. I appreciate your support, and I feel like I've I feel like I've sold my first t shirt. So that's one. We're on our way. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, comfortable as well. Soft fit, like I said. I don't. Want to oh well, cheap. That's a plus too. That's a plus. Uh, uh, yeah, I want it. Yeah. I can't be doing this. And if it's stylish, I mean, you can you can wear it to the gym. You can wear it out and about. You know, throw a blazer over it. Business casual. The world's your oyster. You can wear it to a wrestling show. You can. It's a great conversation starter. They'll go, "Which wrestler is that?" And you'll say, "Tony Wright," in a roundabout sort of way. And then, <laughs> uh, and then everyone wins, except Rob Halden. Except Rob Halden. Except Rob Halden. <laughs> <laughs> running premise book Rob Harden <laughs> the, the moment you say it I know it, it's gone too far like, <laughs> seriously Adam we're just having a bit of fun there's no need for that kind of language I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry Rob I truly need to part of my heart <laughs> uh, Chris Brooker thank you so so much uh do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, everything I'm likely to plug will possibly have been in the past, but I don't know how time works. Quite possibly, um, um, I think in, so. I don't in time, know. in time, specific. If you're, if you, if you, if you're enjoying this, and you don't follow me uh, at the Brooker Man on Twitter, um, at Future Shop Rest on Twitter. The odds are, if you if you listen to this, you're probably already fans of one or both, or you know at least heard of them. Um, 
and uh, keep an eye out. I have an interesting little project brewing with Ooh. no less a, a, a legend. I've mentioned him already. The Billy fucking Kirkwood, the voice of ICW, my my curly haired brother from another Scottish mother, um, my 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 wrestling husband, um, <laughs> the man we survived not one man who I survived not one but two trips to New Orleans with, Billy Kirkwood. <laughs> We've got some plans. We're going to do a bit of fun stuff because comedians what are into wrestling. We've got a few plans. So uh, give at Billy Kirkwood a follow as well. But other than that, just. Buy a T-shirt when the time's right, and and even if you don't, you're still here, still here. I'm glad you are still here as well, my friend. You and, too. Uh, Thank you. We'll uh, we'll ride this roller coaster as long as we can. I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later. Later. <laughs>